Thank you for joining us for our bonus episode, our April 1st bonus episode, Why All the Beards? And so I'm going to start with a greater quote uh, uh, from Charles Haddon Spurgeon, which says, Growing a beard is a habit most natural, scriptural, manly, and beneficial. So thank you for joining us. I'm here with uh, Mr. Ben Whittington, Mr. Jeff Wright, and Mr. Mike Carmen, And we're going to talk about uh, why all the beards. So guys, as uh, parents walk around the halls at HRA, they would probably see that you got a lot of beards, got a lot of facial hair uh, on the men around here at uh, HRA. And so let's enlighten folks about why that is. Well, Mr. Duncan, it seems to me that we should probably just start... I think at the obvious place, why would we not expect men to have long flowing, copious facial hair? I mean, Spurgeon rightly exegeted the scriptures for us, telling us that this is basically masculinity. This is scriptural. This is most manly. It's no, beneficial. You know, most of the apostles, these kind of people in the, in, in the first century did have beards. Um, and so... You know, in that loose sense, it's biblical, not that we're applying every, you know, clothing or fashion item they did on us. But beard seems to have been one that Christians have consistently done over the century. Well, this is gospel contextualization. Like you take what's transferable from the first century world and bring it into your world. You know, you, you can't compromise on the essentials. And so we're not going to we're not going to get away from, you know, Jesus Christ is Lord. We're not going to get away from men have beards. Yeah, I think for me, one of the things that struck me is I, I feel like the past year I've doing, been doing a lot of research into like politics and culture. And one of the things that has struck me is how much our culture has changed since the 1960s. Think about all the sexual revolution, various things like that, 1960s. And one of the things that did dramatically change in the 60s is that presidents and political figures with beards went away entirely. So here's a list. I pulled it up. Uh, prominent presidents who had facial hair. Listen to this list. Number one, Abraham Lincoln. You know, not the first president of the United States, although many people do think that at times um, because of his greatness. Number two, Ulysses S. Grant, also great president. Number three, Rutherford Hayes. Not terribly memorable, but, you know, still beard president, good president. Some important policies. Number four, James Garfield. Again, very similar. Benjamin Harrison. So he was one of the ones that he was from 1889 to 1893. So he was our last president with a full beard. So into the 1800s. Like that. Probably a clear, I mean, I think we could see a clear decline uh, in culture and Western civilization in America since. Precisely that point. Precisely I mean, yeah, that point. 1900s. And you see, like, I don't, one biography wrote that Harrison uh, was did embody the end of an era by the fact that he was the last president to have a beard. And we did have some presidents that had mustaches and mutton chops after that. Theodore Roosevelt, William Taft, uh, Van Buren, was he after that? I believe Van Buren was. Maybe I'm wrong on that. But I know Roosevelt and Taft were after him. Well, I mean, those are some notable names. So it would make sense to me that as they held on to the vestiges of an appropriate beard, that they would be some of the, you know, the last echoes. Kind of the remnants. Of good, yeah, the yeah. remnants of good civic leadership. But, you know, guys, if we're going to make a precedent, or if we're going to make beards a precedent for, for males, we, we need to go back to the creation account. Because when... 
God created Adam. He did not create from his rib a Gillette razor. He created a woman, right? That's right. So there's no precedent for shaving, right? Absolutely right. I mean, the helper we needed, yeah, the helper we needed was not steel. That's right. It was a woman. No, and this is what I think happens. I think what we saw in the 1900s was you saw this rise of anti-Christian people like Marx and Stalin and Castor who all had beards to try to steal something that takes something good and manipulate it like evil usually does. And then throughout time in the 1900s, what happened is people started then thinking if, um, if an American politician had a beard then you, they were somehow trying to associate with a Castro or a Marx. It's a clear perversion of taking something that's used uh, for power and authority yeah. and leadership and, and trying to t- and turning that into a, uh, you know, a means of totalitarian rule. I think Ben is really onto some like groundbreaking research at this point. You, you've located the cultural slide. We've, we've discovered a conspiracy of anti-beard propaganda. Yeah, it, I mean, I, this one biographer notes how um, in the 1960s, uh, advocates were seeking to, quote, remove all traces of facial hair, end quote, about politicians and that the beard was the kiss of death. And it's, it got so much that uh, you, people probably aren't as familiar with this group. It's very prominent that in 2013, a group has actually come to fight this. They are the bearded entrepreneurs for the advancement of a responsible democracy. And this group has sought to help bearded politicians to get into politics to show us what it means to be a man, what it means to be a virtuous man, and what this country really needs. I think the two best examples are today of how this group or the greater movement, that's not necessarily the group, has helped, is one you see Ted Cruz. That Ted Cruz, you know, for whatever you think about him, he did have a failed campaign, and now he's come back with the beard after that campaign to try to get some mojo back. Similarly, Paul Ryan had the beard, got success, got rid of the beard, is now not in office. I think those two are pretty telling examples here. Yeah, they're not accidents. Yeah, I think there's a clear correlation there. Um, I, I mean, I've not seen the approval ratings, but uh, I'm sure that that when Paul Ryan shaved that beard, his his numbers probably went into the cellar. Yeah. yeah. However, Barack Obama did get two terms without facial hair. This is true. true. I mean, uh, I think it's a clear, again, I just think that's a clear sign of the uh, cultural decay that we've experienced. Well, think about all the things that left with the beard. You know, um, public prayer, sanctity of life, well-defined distinctions between genders. Yeah. Uh, it, it seems like the beard function is something that all damn. lost in the last 100 years yeah. since we've stopped and, having leaders with beards. And, and the companies that are promoting getting rid of our beards are the ones promoting getting rid of all these other social things, right? With the Gillette commercial or whatever. You know, they're saying get rid of your beard and get rid of, you know, whatever other social values they don't like. I think it's also important to note that. Benjamin Franklin, one of our founding fathers, though a deist uh, and a pagan, did stumble upon, we acknowledge that pagans can stumble upon truth and that it should be redeemed by the church, uh, did want the turkey to be the American bird over the eagle. The noble and, bearded bird. And what do turkeys have that the, the bald eagle doesn't? Beards. Yeah. In, in some fairness to him, I mean, you would expect, just like bald humans tend to have beards, 
people might have assumed the bald eagle had a beard too, right? Like that, that might've gone along with it. That's true. Um, baldness and beards tend to go together. I mean, are we entirely sure that bald eagles didn't have beards at that time? Could they have been, you know, victims of this cultural revolution we've stumbled upon? Do we have evidence indicating one way or the other? I don't know that we do. I think this needs further research. There's a PhD student out there looking for a thesis. I believe it's time. This is this is the topic that needs to be taken up. I think this is the issue at hand uh, for our day. Or at Chin. Or at Chin for our day. And um, the National you know, you know Endowment for Science is looking for new grants at the moment. And so if you are interested in this, any HRA faculty, I do think this would be a worthy application to put about the history of the beards on bald eagles. That would be a one, at least on par with other, other things that are researched right. by the National Endowment for Science, National Science Foundation. I apologize. So that's really what we're doing here at HRA. We're just trying to um, bring rebuild back, the ruins. We're, right. we're rebuild the ruins, uh, not only of classroom Christian education, but of, but of a habit that Spurgeon says is most natural, scriptural, manly, and beneficial, which is why we have to confess that administration, uh, after four years of begging Mr. Gant to grow a beard, has you know asked him to move on to open his bookstore. It's a sad day, but if you have someone who just persists in rebellion and, and you know on a lesser level won't catch the vision of what the school's doing, you just gotta you just gotta move on. Yeah. You just gotta part ways. We all you know we do ask for prayer and an extensive level too for uh, Mr. Williams as well. Been praying for him. He seems to be pretty susceptible to influence, so we do believe we'll be able to get him. He's young. Yeah, he's young. Absolutely. But we're hoping that Mr. Gant had time. Mac should get time as well. We're hoping that Coach Mac will, will come on and, um, you know, kind of engage in uh, the culture of the school and what we're trying to do here. So, Well, I think that's a good time to just mention, you know, appropriate steps of repentance. If you're one of these, you know, willfully bare men that has, you know, chosen the beardless pattern and you're, and you're coming to sense that things need to change. So I just I would suggest to you just uh, pick a long weekend and put your razor up, and 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 just let put the, put the Gillette away. Yeah, let the follicles grow. It'll help. It'll help your loved ones adjust to it. I mean, it's over. It's somewhat overpowering the first time you're in the presence of a real beard if you're not used to doing that. Yeah, and so it it will give your loved ones a chance to slowly, you know, go with you into these healthier waters. You're you're learning to swim in. Yeah, it, it does always remind you know of the verse we talk about often here. You know, when Jesus uh, teaches that. Or it, oh, well, when Jesus teaches that you know our Father in Heaven counts the hairs on our head, that you know since the 1960s we've interpreted that verse talking about hair. When we all know we teach here that the Greek word uh, the the Greek word used there does mean face and head, that it does mean both in the original. And the chin is a part of the head, exactly. And so we, we don't want to have this revisionist thing where we just say you know we want to get into the Greek. Yeah, we're just we we're just talking about the top of the head. Word. Yeah, we don't want any of that. I, I just am so thankful for Ben's presence on our faculty. I think he is one of the leading lights in the beard restora- restoration uh, perspective. And it does make me think that, right, so the Lord knows the hairs on your head, as you just mentioned. Do you want the Lord to spend more time with you, to, to give more attention to you? Because the, the Lord also knows those without hairs on their head. Yeah. He's briefly, counting them. Briefly. He briefly knows them. But if you want more of his attention, give him more to count. By the way, speaking of Mr. Gantz leaving, 
I think this would be an appropriate time. You know, I'm sure there are questions out there about in your first year when you let Simone go, who was the only female faculty member with a beard. In what way did that decision, you know, in what way did, did the presence of a beard influence your decision there? Well, it influenced it greatly. I mean, to the point where um, Simone was really challenging my leadership within the school because she was commanding so much respect with her beard. So, you know, there was just a lot of confusion in the school. Uh, the younger students were really confused about who was in charge. And, um, you know, Simone was absent one day and one of the kids came by and says, where, told me, said, where's the boss at? And um, we just couldn't have that. So um, it just it created a real problem within the school. And, you know, I think in some way, Mr. Gant may have um, been afraid to grow a beard because of, you know, Simone's oh. unfortunate Dismissal. You know, de departure, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so he, he didn't want to... Maybe there was a healthier germ there that he didn't want to give confusion about. I'd like to think the best. Yeah, I think that's good. Instead of just sheer defiance. This is also why we always have to preface things. Like, you know, when we recommend watching like, The Greatest Showman, for example, we have to preface it with, we may not agree with everything in the film. Sure. There are clear distinctions between man and woman that... You know, if that film does tend to tread upon and that we saw evidence in, in, in that case, yeah, obviously. Absolutely. Well, thanks, guys, so much for being here. As we always start with a greater quote, uh, a great quote, and we always end with a greater quote. Uh, when asked, um, my three-year-old son, uh, why does daddy have a beard? He said his beard is warm and nice and cozy. So... It does help us in the winter to stay warm. We can endure much more um, of the elements than, than our unbearded counterparts. And so there's also pragmatic, practical reasons to having a beard. I'm glad you mentioned that. Before we leave, if I could just get one more point. Sure. I have used my beard basically as a visual representation of my sanctification. So I let mine grow during periods of sinlessness. But at any point that I find myself stumbling, as a way to just be publicly accountable, I trim it back down. Mm -hmm. And so I would appreciate if you guys noticed that my beard has been trimmed down, um, that you would just, just kind of reach out, reach out, check on me, to it. ask me how you get if you're struggling, say a prayer. So just FYI, that's that's another way. You, you talk about practical advantages of. Beards, that's, that's one of the things that's been profitable to me. So just want also to bring I, the community in. I, I do want to mention, too, along with that, as far as just helping the community keep us accountable. Of, you know, if you do see Coach Mack, please encourage him. Please pray for him on your own time. Please let him know that you're praying for him in this manner. Uh, you know, I'm sure Mr. Williams Mack would appreciate that. Yeah, we just want, we just want what's, what's best for him. And... Um, you know, we, we just want to call him to, to something better. And this is a way that manlier, older, wiser Christians can invest in the young man, like help form him well for the Lord's glory. All right, guys. Well, thanks so much for being here. Join us next time for our next episode, which is going to be episode 34. Why do our seniors take senior thesis?